Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to Comadres y Comics. This is episode 124. We're your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. So, how's that move coming along, Kristen? <laughs> oh, my God. I know. So, for those of you who may not know, uh, Heidi Ho Comics is going to be moving. We are the oldest still-running comic shop in Los Angeles County, and we are located currently in Santa Monica. We will be staying in Santa Monica just because that is the original uh, city that uh, the shop was opened in. Um, the original owner still lives in Santa Monica, and there is just a lot of history with that shop there. So we're going to be staying in Santa Monica, but the location of this shop um so close to third street promenade which originally um was thought to be a a good uh move turns out to um not be as good of a move as you might have thought in the middle of a pandemic so oh my god <laughs> so um when you are located in a uh, tourist uh, trafficked area and there are no tourists that definitely makes a big difference so we found someone to sublet our shop and they're going to come take over that sublease and we have to be out of there by august 15th oh so my. that is very 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 soon um, we're working on uh, moving and doing all that stuff um, as of this recording we have put in a bid at a new location but have not yet heard back from them hopefully listener when you're listening to this we will actually know where we're going but right now we don't we just know we're staying in santa monica but it is very 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 stressful on one hand but also kind of um a a, a relief because the places that we're looking at literally are a quarter of the cost for monthly rent wow so you can only imagine how much our rent is right now so yeah, so we're yep. we're hoping. I mean, I'm just gonna put this out to you, out there to all of the listeners. Whether you live in LA County or you live somewhere, there is a local comic shop near you that is struggling um, during the pandemic. We had a lot of changes go on in the retailer business from um, the major publishing company DC leaving our distributor to being shut down for um, a few months to um, publishing uh, writers and publishing companies just being behind on schedule. Um, our free comic book day, uh, which is generally the first Saturday of uh, May every year, got pushed back. We got canceled last year and then pushed back this year to August 14th. So um, also, if you don't know, um, your LCS is going to most likely be doing a local, uh, doing a free comic book store, free comic book day um, event in their store on August 14th. But that's all just to say that there's been a lot of change over this last year and a half and a lot of struggle for retailers. And if your LCS is still open, um, that is no small feat um, for them to be able to have done that. So please go in and spend some money, buy a $3.99 book, buy some 99 cent books, just go in and give your LCS some love because it's 
been a hard year and a half. <laughs> so oh my God. it really yes. has been. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you said move for a moment, I was just like, my move? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but then I remember that Kristen's, uh, the shop is also moving. In yes, Indiana. Jen, you're not moving. We're in denial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like I, I found a place and everything and I'm freaking terrified, but I told my mother. Oh, and now, and she took it really well, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. And, I'm, uh, and we're going to go down to or up to San Jose, mm-hmm. like as a family now. <gasps> Except really? for my dad, who's going to be in Guatemala. Oh, um, no, uh, really? But the rest of us, yeah, we're going to she's going to drop me off there. And she wants to actually go to San Francisco and like like spend a day there and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, that uh, sounds great. It does. So I'm just going to be like, OK, but you're going to have to find a hotel because you can't you can't, <laughs> you can't stay, stay here you can't stay here <laughs> you can't stay here please i'm, I'm dying <laughs> well that is good news i told jen the other day um half jokingly because i'm half serious <laughs> that i on one hand i'm like fly my little butterfly you have transformed from a little baby caterpillar to a amazing young woman caterpillar and you're flying off into um into society wreaking havoc and on the other um hand i am firmly attached to her leg (laughs) sobbing begging her not to go (laughs) yeah i mean i know you're going but i really refuse to kind of really think about it or dwell on it because then I start thinking about like we're not going to have beer anymore together we're not you know just when we got back in the studio we're not going to be in studio together anymore so like I know you're leaving but I don't want to think about it (laughs) (laughs) if that makes any sense yeah it it does but I mean I I'm really excited and I'm really terrified yeah Yeah. it is exciting it is very exciting and I'm excited for you yeah and I'm glad I was I've been able to get all this support and all this help and hopefully in, I'm able to complete my degree in time and I'll be back in L.A. <laughs> oh, you're so. actually already planning on coming back? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just as <this, laughs> I thought. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll definitely visit. Yeah. Um, uh, because my family's here. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I, depending on how I like San Jose, I might stick around there yeah, longer for mm-hmm. sure uh, like it's it's very open i don't have super like in-depth future plans but yeah. i'm definitely like i'm definitely think i'm going to be living there for like the next five years yeah mm-hmm. well i think it's an amazing uh adventure whenever somebody moves to a new place regardless even if it's in the same city you have the opportunity to just do so many new things and meet so many new people and on and be whoever you want to be. Like they I'm don't know. I'm gonna be extra slutty. <laughs> <laughs> I like that plan. Yes. So uh, I wish you all the luck, and I'm super excited. And I will also be living vicariously through your sluttiness. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So now it's time for chisme de la semana, and today I got some chisme. So it turns out Leslie Grace has been uh, picked to star in the movie Bad Girl. Oh, yeah. She's a Dominican, um, so I'm very excited. Uh, she is. She was, I guess, in the Heights. It's yes. on, uh, Is it on Amazon or HBO Max? HBO Max. HBO mm-hmm. Max. Okay. Yeah, she's to star as Barbara Gordon, which <gasps> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, not any of the other renditions of of Bad Girl. So I'm very interested in seeing what's going on and. Um, she's 26 years old and she's going to be Barbara Gordon. Um, 
the superheroes alter ego and that's an upcoming film from hbo max um they still don't know you know obviously they don't know the details of the story or how the script's gonna go or the character development or who's gonna play you know her father or her her uncle in some stories oh well maybe it is her uncle in this in this rendition in this rendition Mm -hmm. yeah but like uh that's Batgirl. Mm-hmm, so, and uh, Oracle. And so that's mm-hmm. a big freaking deal. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And um, I didn't, I don't even know if Jim Gordon's going to be the same one that's been in the movies mm-hmm. lately. Um, but then there's going to be a whole new Jim Gordon in that new Batman movie with that guy from Twilight. So, oh, that's oh, yeah. right. <laughs> I Robert forgot Pattinson. all about that. Yeah, I know. We haven't heard any news on that either. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, because it wasn't production stopped for a bit because yeah. of COVID. He got COVID. Yeah. He got COVID, yeah. But then they said that that might be some cheesement because he wasn't getting along with the director. I don't Ooh. know. Yeah. So Ooh. I do kind of hear that he's a diva. Mm. yeah but i also hear i that like them divas <laughs> <laughs> but apparently he's he's really good yes at the, at the in the in the independent film i was oh, just yeah. gonna say the same thing apparently he's also just an amazing actor so no, he really is it's sort of like uh when uh radcliffe went off uh, the harry yeah, potter yeah uh-huh. he did a bunch of like weird indie movies like the switchblade man mm-hmm. yeah swiss the swiss blade swiss blade man the swiss blade zombie or something (laughs) (laughs) where'd you get zombie but yeah i don't know no but it makes sense because of the movie yeah yeah but regardless it's um yeah so that's actually what uh this this batman guy did but regardless of that we got a dominican batgirl so i'm really happy about Mm -hmm. that so that's my cheese man I'm happy that it's part. Okay, so I love all the Batgirls. I love Stephanie Brown. I love Cassandra Cain. I love uh, uh, Barbara Gordon. And there hasn't been as many Batgirls as there has been Robins. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Barbara Gordon is my absolute favorite because she's the one that I grew up with watching on the animated series. And oh, I just okay. love her. I love her. A lot of people are just like, no, Cassandra Cain's better. I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> Barbara Gordon is my favorite. I mean, so. I feel like Barbara Gordon is the one that was involved in all the major storylines i mean yeah. uh yeah, the killing, killing joke. joke yeah oh my god i know yeah, yeah, yeah no. that was powerful stuff she is and like she becomes oracle later right. on yeah, after that and exactly. that was like a really great um uh and it's still really kind of salty that they retconned that with new 52 because oh, she yeah. was a great uh, she was great as oracle and she loved dick yeah she did <laughs> She Sorry, did. my mind went really nasty for a moment. <laughs> I just, woo, I had a flash of a <laughs> Batman's ding dong. Oh my god! No, don't remind me of the Killing Joke animated movie. I don't, I don't like it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah well, I've was... never seen. After I heard that, I was like, I'm out. I have it at home. Somebody let me borrow their DVD. You know how long ago that came out? That's how long I've had this DVD <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> I'm still borrowing it. Oh my god! Oh, that's hilarious. But, I can't, I, I am excited to see what this HBO movie, movie? Or yes, series? movie. Yeah. Okay, movie. Mm-hmm. And I hope they do her justice because she's my fave. All right, guys, it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? So On My Radar this week uh, is a book that came out, what was it, on July 24th 
first. So uh, it has been out for a while now. But if you have not read it, I highly recommend that you read Moon Knight number one from Marvel. Uh, it is written by Jed McKay, and the artist is Alessandro Capuccio. <laughs> um, and those are two names that I actually do not really know as being well-known uh, in the comic or Marvel um, industry, like... Circuit. Circuit, yeah. yeah. Circle of... of creators but this first book was actually really really good and the reason i bring it up even now is that you all need to get your moon night knowledge uh going because that tv show is going to be coming out and oh as we all know oh yeah oscar isaac <laughs> is He's still my heart the moon night yeah so you need to brush up on your um knowledge and read some books so this particular iteration of Moon Knight is um, has mysterious Mr. Knight opening his midnight mission. His people petitioning for protection from the weird and horrible. The Moon Knight stalks the rooftops and alleys marked with his crescent moon tag bringing violence to any who would harm his people. Mark Spector who is Moon Knight uh, in whichever guise he dons is back on the streets. A renegade priest of un an unworthy god. So in case you didn't know, um, in past Moon Knight stories, um, Moon Knight, Mark Spector, has gotten kind of out of favor with his god, Khonshu. Mm. And Khonshu mm -hmm. is actually now in prison because of Moon Knight. Prison, quote unquote, not like real prison, but like <laughs> yeah. Avengers prison. Like he's yeah. probably in the negative zone somewhere. <laughs> um, and so he is... Um, not in favor with his God, but he still feels like he has to carry out his God's like mission, mm -hmm. which is to be the protector of the night. So he is basically going out and helping people. And in this first book, some of the people are people like, for example, um, this is a, a mild spoiler because it's not a big part of the story. Um, there are some vampires that are wreaking havoc in his city. And he um, comes across this group of people and he kills the vampires, but he leaves the fledglings because he determines that, yes, they're vampires, but they were also innocent. They didn't ask for it. Mm -hmm. So that was actually kind of interesting to me because in all the Moon Knights I read before, I really get more of the like really weird like uh, unstable moon knight <laughs> uh -huh. like he's he's batshit crazy yeah and so um i am um i was interested and it was actually really interesting to for me to see that char character characteristic of him that he's able to kind of like make that determination of these new vampires and in this story something else that i really like and something that marvel's been doing a lot with actually with their characters is he has to go to a psychiatrist and this psychiatrist um, is a psychiatrist, quote unquote, to the, I would say to the stars, to the superheroes. And this oh. is a psychiatrist that he is mandated to go to by the Avengers. And so <laughs> he goes and their, their banter and their talking back and forth is actually kind of funny because he just has to be there. He doesn't really want to be there. Mm -hmm. And she's like trying to help him. But it's really, really um, a good start to this series. And I'm interested to see where it goes. And there is... Um, some mystery because 
Um, he is out of favor with his God, but he himself still feels like he needs to continue with his um, his duty. Mm-hmm. But apparently there is somebody else who also feels like it is his duty and that it is his God and that he is the fist mm-hmm. of Khonshu. And there is going Ooh. to be some, uh, yeah, some, um, some difficulties there. And so this is just issue one. Definitely, we, that means issue two will be coming out in August. So right around um, this time, I'm, I'm assuming. So check it out. Go to your local comic shop. Put it on your pool. Uh, moon Knight. And then keep your eye out for Sexy Moon Knight to come on Disney Streaming. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, I would also highly recommend uh, Warren Ellis' oh, yes. run of Moon Knight because that shit was good. Yeah. It was really good. It was a good run. And Jeff Lemire's was good too uh warren ellis's was more like him like a crazy person yes. trying to do good mm-hmm. uh but them not being really sure uh like if what they're doing matters mm-hmm. and jeff lemire's one was more of a like hey your god might be an alien and also there's some weird mystical bullshit going on <laughs> uh, but like but it's but also like kind of like psychedelic really getting into the craziness of mark yes Spectre. uh so it was it was a good run I haven't uh, picked up the new number one because, and this is, this probably doesn't help, but I didn't recognize the creators on yeah. it, and that's why I was a bit hesitant. Mm-hmm. I was because I do like Moon Knight. I think he's a he's a good. Uh, was he even? I think he's a, like a C list superhero. <laughs> 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 Soon to be A list because of the Disney uh, show, but who knows? Um, but I really liked Moon Knight because Conchu is petty. Kanchu is like really <laughs> petty. Like how they how they written him, he's just all like he's just all like, Oh, you you're thinking shit about me? Here's the- <laughs> You don't even have to say it. I you're know like, you're thinking it. You're like you're thinking about it to Mark Spector. And he's just all like, I'm not I'm gonna take your powers away for like like a like a week. But like good fucking luck, asshole. <laughs> 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 See, I read the um Warren Ellis uh I think number one, which was so confusing to me because of the fact that they were one shots and I thought it was an ongoing Mm -hmm. and not until I finished it and we started discussing it in comic book club that I even realized it. And I thought it was just part of his craziness. Yeah. And I, and I was like, you know what? Honestly, it was better that I didn't know because (laughs) it just like played into his character. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) And yet, no. And I think that might have been, and there's something to be said about it being that way too, because you don't, get that either mm-hmm. like unless you are like familiar with comic books and yeah. even then it's like if you're not familiar with like mark specter this is just a crazy dude yeah literally one of my favorite runs about moon knight was when he thinks he's helping the avengers but he's just having fucking visions mm-hmm. he thinks he's talking oh to spider-man mm-hmm. but he's not talking like but like then you can see like wolverine in the background he's like who the fuck is he talking to yeah like he like yeah. he's talking to spider-man but all Wolverine's is, is him yelling at the sky. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so that, that was, that was a pretty good storyline. And then there's of course some really funny ones where he's demanding money from, uh, Dr. Doom. <laughs> or was that Luke Cage? I don't know. They're all really, well, the one thing that was interesting to me as a new reader, uh, to Moon Knight, when I was reading the Ellis stuff was that you really, I personally really didn't know if, the world where he is trying to do good was real or if this was all just in his head because it's very 
from it's very clear that he has mental issues like psychological mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. and so um that is what is interesting to me and quite honestly i cannot wait to see how oscar isaac plays this character mm-hmm. and how that all mm-hmm. plays out on screen all right guys what time is it what time is it <laughs> i have to say that i have been staring at this can like from the beginning of this of, of this podcast when we started recording it and i can it kept distracting me and i can't wait to taste it so everybody as you heard es la hora de la, la cervecita, cervecita. So today we are um, going to be drinking a beer that is very, very interesting looking. Naughty. It looks <laughs> yes, a little naughty. It does look naughty. <laughs> so this beer is called, oh, this, let me do it this way. I'm pouring it for uh, Jen. Thank you. Checks who wear leather. <laughs> and by checks, that's like people who live in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> so it's C-Z-E-C-H-S. Czechs who wear leather. It is a Czech style Pilsner. So I'm assuming this Pilsner is um, uh, reminiscent of beer that Czechoslovakians drink. And there are pictures <laughs> of BDSM people on the uh can and it says there was no safe word when it came to pilsner (laughs) (laughs) there is a man in a a leather short onesie type unitard thing with his nipples showing and a um (laughs) and a uh, um paddle in his hand a leather paddle i can't what this says bunny on it (laughs) there's a woman with a full leather outfit mask and everything and like a corset and she has a whip in her hand there's another guy with a full leather um uh outfit with a whip and it's it says that this uh this beer is quote dominantly hot (laughs) (laughs) well so I really enjoy the can um, covers of this brewery, Paperback Brewery. This was also like the bunny one that yes. we did, mm-hmm. the bunny with the guns or yes. something. And then the lady with the uh, heels, like 1950s. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So they have, um, if you go to Paperback Brewing Company online, you can see their very, very creative um, uh, can art. And honestly, I pick my beer a lot of times by the can art um and so i definitely would have have chose this like i i wouldn't even have tasted it before i knew i had to get like a a case of this so so, um yes paperback brewing i believe is in um it's it's here in los angeles um in oh gosh um i can't remember off the top of my head um, okay, this is saying Glendale, but that's not what I was thinking. But yes, a city close to Glendale. It's like one of those small little incorporated cities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, it says Glendale. Okay, yeah. it does. Okay. So, um, so yes, so this is brewed and canned by Paperback Growing Company in Glendale, California. So not very far from where we are today. So Czechs Who Wear Leather is a Czech style Pilsner. Pilsner in his 4.9 ABV. Mm. So let us taste. Hmm. That's interesting. Smells light. 
Very light, very... Um, mm. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, it's a uh, summery. It's very flavorful. Mm -hmm. Yes, a Pilsner is very light. So a Pilsner mm -hmm. is the type of beer that you're drinking when you're drinking a Corona, when you're drinking a Bud, when you're drinking a Coors. That is a Pilsner. But that's all peepee -pee water. It mm -hmm. tastes like nothing. There's hardly any flavor. So when I, but it's light and it's a summery beer. That's why most people are like, I want those beers during summer, nice and cold, because they're light and they are thirst quenching. Mm -hmm. And this Pilsner is also light. It has that profile, but it has flavor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is what I love about craft beer is that, they have flavor like you people drinking Bud and Coors and Corona and stuff. I know that you like them. I know that they're your go to. But honestly, there are beers out there that taste like real beer that taste that have flavor. Like enjoy your enjoy your mass produced beer. That's fine. But do not um, discount craft beer because there is a craft beer for everybody. And this Pilsner is really, really good. Mm -hmm. it really is it's so tasty and refreshing i i really enjoy this actually i didn't think i would because it's not you know it's a pilsner and it's four point something so <laughs> 4. 4. 4.9 almost a five almost <laughs> a five. but not quite so um yeah i'm ready to rate it because it's really delicious it's very good so uh right now i'm going to t remind you all that we rate our beers on a five point scale and number one is flaccid number two is initial a three out of five is partial a four out of five is a full and a five out of five is a rigid and if uh it is an amazing beer and it's super yummy and we go off the charts that is super saiyan so sarah what is is your rating i'm gonna go partial i really like it um it wouldn't be something i go to the can art is definitely what drew me to yeah. this yeah. to this beer i knew you would enjoy and get a kick out of it um pilsners are not my go-to so that's why i'm giving it a partial Fair. okay this is Kristen. I'm going to give it a full, a four out of five. It is very, very flavorful. I love it. Pilsners are not my go-to, but I enjoy a good Pilsner in the summertime. And this one definitely could be colder. I can just imagine grabbing it out of the cooler that's mm. full of ice and it's just dripping down and taking that first sip. It is so flavorful. Um, or I, I enjoy it a lot and I would actually seek this one out again to go buy more. So I give it a four out of five. I give it a full. This is Jen and I'm going to give it a partial as well. Uh, it's really refreshing. It's, uh, a lot tastier than, you know, the mass produced uh, Pilsners that we know, like Corona and Tecate and all that stuff. Um, there is... You can taste the hops and they kind of like they it's not and i think this is why you like it because i can taste the hops and it reminds me a bit of an ipa <laughs> yeah but like more subdued uh -huh. so it's like whereas ipas like hold your mouth hostage with the hops <laughs> this yeah. is this is this is a slight yeah a it's slight, very muted a slight tap mm -hmm. <laughs> just a <the> tip <laughs> <laughs> he's so nasty oh, oh my god but um um and it the the hops does give it flavor, but I can taste that bitter aftertaste of the yeah. hops, and I'm never I'm not really fond of it. Uh, but it's good. Like if I was if I didn't want something heavy, but I wanted something with flavor, 
I would grab this and I would finish it mm-hmm. as well. So I'm giving it a partial. And that has been our beer review. All right, guys, it's now time for our book review. What are we reviewing today? Today, I'm super excited to be talking about Chunky. <laughs> and I kind of wish it said it, it was with an O, Chunky. Chunky. <laughs> chunky. <laughs> but this book was written and drawn by Yehudi Mercado. And we've actually um, read some stuff by him before. Mm. And what was it? It was Hero, Hero Hotel. Hotel. Hero yeah. Hotel. And something else too, I think, but I can't remember what it is. He's mm-hmm. done Saifu, Hero Hotel, Rocket Salvage and fun 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 world oh that's what it was i have saifu at home but we've never actually read it but hero Mm. hotel was super cute and i recommend it all the time at the shop um so this book is a true story it says on the back with an imaginary friend so um the back of the book describes the book as hootie needs to lose weight According to his doctors, concerned about the serious medical issue Hootie had when he was younger, his parents push him to try out for sports. Hootie would rather do anything else, but then he meets Chunky, his imaginary friend and mascot. Together they decide to give baseball a shot. As the only Mexican and Jewish kid in his neighborhood, Hootie has found the cheerleader he never had, as Chunky cheers him on even when Hootie barely makes the team. Baseball doesn't go well, unless getting hit by the ball counts, but the two (laughs) friends have a great time drawing and making jokes, while Hootie's parents keep trying to find the right sport for him. Chunky encourages him to pursue his true love, comedy but when hootie's dad loses his job it gets harder for hootie to chart his own course even with chunky's guidance can chunky help hootie stay true to himself or will this friendship strike out so this book was so cute and the fact that it is based on uh actual things that happened to hootie in his uh, in his life and as a kid and things that happened to him that affected him even now. Um, Jen was mentioning earlier, like it kind of made her feel like she knew him better and like you mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. closer to like knowing who he is as a creator as well. So um, I loved it. And the, the, <laughs> the art is so cute. And so just like the back of the book says, in the beginning, you see that uh, Yehudi is at the hospital, not at the hospital, but at his doctor's office. And the doctor is like, dude, you need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And so one of the cute things that I liked about this is that Yehudi or young Yehudi um, is um, a natural born comedian. Like mm-hmm. everything is a joke and he's always cracking jokes in his family his parents his sister gets super annoyed <laughs> with it. and uh and so it is uh was it his sister or his brother now i can't even remember uh, <laughs> but his dream in life is like to be on saturday night live and i thought mm-hmm. that was really like very specific and really cool uh as like a character driven um portion of this book because it comes out in all of the things that he does like even after he tries out all the different sports in the book he and chunky do like a like a um uh 
news night like a uh, little episode where they're describing how it went <laughs> yeah uh, like uh, weekly news that's like on snl how they do that mm-hmm. and so <laughs> i thought that was super cute and um i chunky was funny yahoody was funny and it was just really cute to see um how yahoody is retelling not retelling but sharing these um, incidents with because in the back there's some back matter saying that like a lot of this stuff really happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like when uh, the ball hits him and and uh, uh, so when he's playing baseball, the balls automatically go to him and hit him, mm-hmm. so they put him on base. Yeah, it's sort of like he's failing up, I guess. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he, he, that's literally the the theme here is that every single sport that he tries, he's not good at any of them. Uh, except for actually football, but in a weird roundabout way, just because he's bigger than all the other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the ball hits him and he gets to go on base. And so the the team actually, you know, oh, he actually, his dad told him, if you get on base, we'll go have pizza. <laughs> so at, at the end, his dad has to take him to pizza because he didn't uh, actually say how he needed to get on base. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, when the soccer ball hits him and it, actually scores yeah yeah it's so funny (laughs) the comedy aspect is really really super cool and funny really funny and very cute it's it's really kind of a heartwarming story i felt really nice i love the art as well yeah Uh uh-huh and it's um speaking as a as a kid who grew up you know a bit like heavier than everybody Mm -hmm. else i know like whenever we'd go to the doctor and like stuff like that i remember them saying like she needs to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And I was just all like, as a kid, I was just all like, well, that's kind of a downer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was just like there. Um, uh, and I did like, I did like softball and like a lot of girl sports and stuff like Makes that. Makes sense. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh-huh. God. <laughs> and yeah, so like I was in a couple of like, um, um, when I was like younger, I was in a couple of um, uh, like sports stuff and stuff like that. But I was just not like never super invested in it Mm -hmm. the only one that i like really liked doing was softball Mm. because i liked hitting the ball Mm -hmm. um um, (laughs) 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 uh and swimming oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i did i did like swimming which i thought was funny because he didn't mind swimming either but he just wasn't losing weight yeah (laughs) so uh i was also a chunky little kid. And I'm wondering if my mom ever took me to the doctor because I do not remember the doctors ever telling me to lose weight. <laughs> you know, I don't remember the doctor's visits, but I remember the dentist's visits. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I don't remember. Maybe I didn't go to the doctor and that's yeah. why nobody told me to lose weight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was also a chunky Latina. Like one <laughs> of the things that stick out in my mind that like was very traumatizing to me, like as a kid, like now I look back at it, I was like, I could see why, but my mother would order my clothes out of the Sears catalog because they had the uh, sizing that actually was called, what was it called? It wasn't called Chunky. It was called something, but the- Husky? Husky. Oh yes. my God. Yes. I think it was Husky. Uh-huh. Those and, bastards. And so <laughs> like, it literally said it there on the on the clothes. Yeah. And so, okay. and, and like, when I was younger, it was like, whatever, I didn't really think of it. But as I got older, I was more aware oh, of yeah. it. And then when you become more like aware of your body and like mm-hmm. and when you're 11, 12, whatever, those are like 
the prime ages of where you're starting to like become aware of everything. Mm -hmm. And it was so embarrassing. And there she is ordering out loud at the, at the counter and (laughs) everybody could hear and I'm standing there right next to her. So yeah, I was very uh, traumatized. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I, at an earlier age, I actually had to shop in the young woman section. Mm, mm-hmm. And that was traumatizing. Like, it's cool because, okay, like, you feel a little older, but it's bad because you're so fat, you don't fit in the youth clothes. Yeah. And yeah. That, that sucked. But I feel, I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> we feel you, you hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one of the things that um, we didn't know we were saying that Yehudi shares in this uh, story as part of the story and if, as part of young Hootie's story is that as a young child, he had a an infection in his lung and actually had to have uh, a surgery that removed, I don't know if it was part of it or the whole lung, but mm-hmm. that affected him throughout his life and affected his ability to, to actually be in sports. It was mm-hmm. like, it was difficult, I think, um, sometimes for him to do that. So um, in the book, it shows the big scar on his back and that there are actually, um, there was actually one time where he went to a sleepover and he took off his shirt or even swimming. He didn't want to take his shirt off on swimming because he didn't want anyone to see the scar and then he, <laughs> they forced him to. So I also thought it was because they didn't, he didn't want to. Uh, show his panza because I remember <laughs> yeah. wearing t-shirts in the pool for oh. the longest oh me Same. too I remember yeah. or oh my god um um or when we would go to like water parks and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I couldn't wear a shirt yeah. and stuff like that yeah. and I I didn't like like the the um, uh, the one pieces or like the the like kid bikinis yeah and I was because yeah. I was just so embarrassed to wear them mm-hmm. and I was just so like I hate it here yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. And so I couldn't go on any of the big water slides right. because I wanted to wear a shirt. Yeah, I remember that too. They mm-hmm. have the this rule you can't wear a shirt down the slides because mm-hmm. I guess you might like Get strangle stuck? yourself or something. Yeah. yeah, but you could do it in the pool. So that's where I would be in the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'd put my bathing suit and like walk very fast because you can't run. You know, that's right. a rule. Yeah. So walk really fast and just jump in the water and just stay in there until you, you just had to said get that. Out. And I had a very visceral memory of running in a water park and falling face first. Oh, <laughs> now that's embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just jump in the water and just stay in there until they called me to come out because I just didn't want to be outside in my bathing suit. In your suit. bathing suit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, that. Uh, so thank you, Yehudi, for traumatizing us. Yeah. Bringing up the trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Things I don't think about until they're mentioned. <laughs> but yes, this book was um, super cute. Uh, it's an all ages uh, appropriate book, but I am um, definitely not uh, a youngster and I enjoyed it and I would highly recommend um, for anybody to read this book. It was a very cute um, story and Yehudi's uh, personality comes through in the writing of uh, his young character in here and um, I really loved the fact that Chunky the imaginary friend was just so um, supportive supportive, supportive. Yes. Mascot, and, yeah. yeah his cheerleader and no matter what he did he was like yes <laughs> yes you're, and he actually is one that also um, encouraged Yehudi to try out for the, drama, um, the club? drama club because that was what Yehudi really wanted to do, but he felt like he couldn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, because that mean um, football coach told him that it wasn't manly. Yeah. And I thought that was really funny as well because um, uh, when Yehudi goes to like 
the football game and stuff like that. And then his parents come and they're like, this is kind of intense yeah. for like a children's football league. Yeah. Why are there so many people here? Yeah. And like, uh, like, people keep telling me about how like in the South and like the Midwest, yes. like yeah. football is it's- like a freaking religion. Yes. yes. And each time I'm just like, is it really? Yeah. So he actually grew up in Texas, Texas right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a huge. I mean, Texas A and M football is a religion. I mean, and you read Southern Bastards. I did read Southern <laughs> Bastards, but to some degree, I'm just like the idea of sports being like that fanatic. Yeah. Like, I mean, even in my little town, Central California, um, and it's the norm at most public high schools. The only sport that gets funding and gets money and that gets the support of parents and the school is football. Mm-hmm. They get the, the pregame dinners. They get the Leatherman jackets. They get all the money to go on all the trips. Mm-hmm. And here's the swim team and everything else that are struggling because they don't even have enough money to put water in the pool. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's like that. And I honestly, I think it is a product of grown-ass men who didn't have their uh their what do you call it dreams happen when they were younger living vicariously through the younger kids that they're coaching yeah (laughs) oh yeah which is really funny because in high school like we there was pep rallies but i always ditched them oh yeah like the like the schools would take and even the teachers were just like oh my fucking god like i don't want to feel like i'm wasting a class session going to a fucking pep rally and stuff like that but uh our football team was like well-funded but that wasn't the end game one the one that was really popular was soccer but i went i went to an inner city i went to an inner city school i was gonna say in los angeles that makes sense yeah (laughs) Yeah. and so uh, that was the more it factor Uh and i think even even here in los angeles like football like yeah it's nice or whatever um uh but what more people are interested is soccer Mm -hmm. i think and that's for most of southern california high schools but if you go up north then it's like football Mm -hmm. uh, which is really really funny and I I was in the academic decathlon team in high school, and I remember uh, my uh, our coach mm-hmm. finger quotes yeah um uh, but he was just like the AP chemistry teacher yeah uh he he would always complain uh about how the, we couldn't get any funding mm-hmm. uh to go to like go to like the academic like uh uh the academic uh competitions mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that and we're just all like ah oh, fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh i think that this book touches on a lot of different things that might bring up some <laughs> some sort of subjects for you in your own childhood but at the end of the day it was very very enjoyable and i would recommend it to uh anybody to read regardless if you are uh eight to twelve or under eight or over twelve um it was really good i enjoyed it so mm-hmm. are we ready to rate it yeah i was yes. just gonna say one more thing um i know this is geared to young readers but i think as an adult and if you enjoy something like that it it really speaks to the writing and it's yes. really great writing yeah. and great artwork and both done by the same person that gives us an extra kind of push mm-hmm. so yes we are ready to rate it my name is sarah and i'm gonna I really enjoyed it. Um, I love the art. The colors um, were awesome. And Chunky is really, really cute. So I'm going to give it tres conchas. Okay. This is Kristen. And I am going to give it three conchas and a cup of champurrado. It 
was really good. I laughed actually out loud a couple of <laughs> times. And whenever a book can get me to do that, I'm definitely going to rate it high and recommend it to everyone. And also, I actually ordered uh, multiple copies of this book because I knew I wanted to read it here at the store. I mean, at the shop, but also sell in the store. And I only had two left for us to read because it sold already. And I bought hardcovers too, and the hardcover sold. So, oh, wow. That's awesome. So it's, it's already on people's radar, and um, it is selling. So definitely check it out at your LCS. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I really like, it's a, it's a very body positive book, especially yes. for kids. But yeah. also, like, I think Yehudi did a really good job of portraying a child's, like, emotions mm-hmm. like during this. Because it's about him, and it's about how he grew up. So, um, uh, so it's... Like Sarah, you said, like it's a good, like it's a good body positive uh, book for kids, but also for adults to be like, because a lot of adults when they look at their like big, like a child yeah. that's big, they're like, oh, you need to do sports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's not, like not a thing for all kids. Like, yeah. Not, and it can be like really traumatizing for some kids. And yeah. They would rather do something else, and it's better to foster what they're interested in and then maybe like try to compromise with them with like a sport or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good point. The body positivity thing, because yes, the theme around him needing to lose weight is present, but it's because of the dangers of, uh, Mm -hmm. his already existing health issues that the doctor is worried and concerned, but also is telling him run, play, go do stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, um, definitely body positive. Uh, yeah, you know, we all just shared stories about um, how this kind of awakened some of our earlyhood uh, <laughs> chunky girl trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's good that we can look back on it and see where the things went wrong and laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Now, as a chunky adult, I um, <laughs> I feel that meme so hard where it says. Um, big girls get on top. If he dies, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love that yep. one. All right, guys, now it's time for En la Libreria. Jen, what do you have for us today? So, today I have Yareth and the Return of the Gods. So, this is um it's a 300-page action and adventure graphic novel project by Luis Silva Gaitan, author of the graphic novel No Entres al Bosque de Noche, and Julio Segura Lopez, creator of the graphic novel Morir Juntos. Their story is inspired by Aztec mythology, uh, and it is, and they're both Latinos, and I believe they are, uh, they're in Latin America. Let me see. Oh wait, no, no, they're in they're they're in Illinois. My bad. <laughs> totally um, different. Yeah, that's a long way. That's a long way off. <laughs> and I'm actually uh-huh. surprised that that's where they are. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like whenever, whenever I hear a Latino is just like, oh yeah, like I grew up in like Illinois or like not Colorado. I I know co- there's Latinos in Colorado because that's where they go to work. Uh, <laughs> but like any other like midwest country i'm just like why are you there bro <laughs> like right. like we're what not you, we're what? not made for the cold why are you there <laughs> <laughs> what do they call them flyover states uh, yes. yeah, yeah the flyover states and parking like lot that. state <laughs> but um um it's it's a YA it's a YA uh kids book that is 
The synopsis is the Aztec god Tetzalipoca has returned to destroy humanity when he tries to bring back an ancient world-devouring beast. Yareth, a 14-year-old indigenous boy, embarks on a journey of self-discovery through all of Mexico to find the only one who can stop Tetzalipoca, his brother, the legendary Quetzalcoatl, the winged serpent. This is an adventure with a lot of action in which the main theme will be how our self-acceptance can take us to victory. In a word, identity. We invite you to join us on this journey to find ourselves. Very timely. Mm-hmm. Very, very <laughs> what timely. What we're talking about. Uh-huh. So, uh, as of right now, it will it has uh, about 15 days to go. Uh, it's currently at $3,000 with, with a goal of $18,000 with 65 backers. So, it still has quite a while to go. Mm-hmm. And most Kickstarters sometimes don't hit their goal mm-hmm. until literally the day of. Mm-hmm. But uh, show your support. I think this looks really interesting. The artwork looks really good. And, of course, the theme itself is I I think there should be more YA-themed uh, Aztec mythology stuff. Lord knows I would have gone crazy over it <laughs> right? when I was a kid. Even though my like background isn't Mexican in Aztec mythology. Um, uh, it's Guatemalan or Maya. But it, there's a lot enough similarities. I would have been like, hell yeah, I'll take anything. <laughs> right, right. Well, it sounds really cute. Mm-hmm, it does. And so the base pledges start, well, of course, you can donate without a reward. You just want to show your support. Um, um, but the base pledge starts at $10, which is a digital copy of the book. Uh, at $15, you get the digital copy plus digital bonus content. And at $25 is when you can get uh, the hardcover copy of the book. At $30, you get the hardcover as well as the digital content. And at $40, you get the hardcover, the digital content, and a poster. Mm-hmm. And then it keeps going, uh, building up from there. Uh, but at $10, you can get the book. So go ahead. Uh, it's called Yareth and the Return of the Gods by Hilo Collective, Collectivo Books. <laughs> now it's time for Juntos y Fuertes. Kristen, what do you have for us today? So today I have for you an event that is being put on by an organization called Reading with Pictures. And you can find out more about Reading with Pictures at readingwithpictures.org. And this organization was founded in 2009 by Josh Elder, whose vision was to bring comics into the classroom as a tool that teachers can use to engage students of all abilities. Because uh, you may or might not know that comics are actually... um, have been known to for a long time to actually help problem readers to help people um, students who are on the spectrum to help students who just may um, have uh, uh, learning disabilities because the ability for these students to be able to understand what their words are saying based on seeing what's going on in the pictures is very beneficial and helpful for them. So comics um, are definitely things that parents come into the store all the time asking for um, when they have a student who they need to get to read more. So shame on you parents that come in and be like, no, we're buying you a real book. <laughs> <laughs> like I sometimes I'm tempted to just give the book that, to that kid for free, like just to spite the parents. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I have done that with like 99 cent books and stuff like that. But um, so this organization is actually putting on an event and the event is 
called Teaching with Comics, and it's a virtual conference, and it's happening August 9th through 11th, 2021. And it is professional development event for educators to learn more about using comics, graphic novels, and other picture-based writing. So um, Reading with Pictures, who is the most trusted source for knowledge about the impact of comics and graphic novels for empowerment, learning, and lifelong joy, presents Teaching with Comics. It's free. Yes, that's right. You heard it. It is free. It's a free three-day professional development event for the comics curious and... Manga Masters (laughs) and everyone in between. So equip your teaching toolbox with resources, printable posters, and lesson plans to integrate comic books, graphic novels, manga, political cartoons, and so much more into your instruction next school year. Um, They are going to feature two distinguished keynote speakers. Uh, Educator, poet, activist, and comic creator Dr. Lee Francis IV will speak live on August 9th and on August 10th. And you will hear from educator, artist, and cartoonist Kara Bean uh, as well. And you can um, learn more about her at carabeancomics.com. So you will um, hear and learn about topics including research and rationale supporting the use of comics and graphic novels in education, using comics to teach inference and stem subjects coming uh comic creation for strengthening literacy skills social emotion learning and assessment and convincing administrators parents and other educators that comics graphic novels and manga have educational value and are real reading yes real reading so um you can um go to reading with pictures dot org to find out more information or you can actually where i found this information is on the latinx comic arts festival facebook page and so definitely check it out um i have many teacher friends that i definitely am going to share this with because i am a huge proponent of using comics in the classroom in fact um teachers choose uh is that what donors choose Mm -hmm. um website where teachers put up uh, different projects and then people can go in and help support teachers. Eddie and I have supported projects um, on there and one of our favorites is a junior high teacher who wanted to um, teach about World War II using the graphic novel Mouse. Oh wow, and so that's awesome. We um, supported them and helped him fund um, a whole classroom to receive their own copies. So definitely check this out and um, you can again go to, um, they have an Eventbrite um event on eventbrite.com you can go to latinx comic uh arts festival uh facebook page or go to readingwithpictures.org and now it's time for saludos and today estamos saludando a the latino comics expo 2021 that's at the museum of latin american art in long beach and that's going to be happening live everyone on october 9th and october 10th yes and one of our favorite things i don't know about our but one of my favorite <laughs> things was that we could drink there yes they yes. had micheladas yeah and they mm. had these yummy um jamaica uh what do you Where's call it margaritas yes. Yes. yes oh my gosh oh that my was god. so good god that was such a fun time I, I, <laughs> oh gosh i loved it i mean we walked around with our drink in our hands uh-huh. it's mm-hmm. intimate uh we got to meet a lot of wonderful artists and creators and may i say that the latina power um 
a panel that was moderated by our very own Kristen was a fucking amazing <laughs> <laughs> so this show happening on october 9th and 10th as sarah said is going to commemorate their 10th anniversary 10 years of bringing you the nation's premier convention spotlighting the amazing work by latino creators working in comics graphic novels illustration animation and related arts so um they're definitely going to be COVID safe they're monitoring state guidelines regarding proper protocols and public gatherings and they are looking forward to welcoming back all of their talented friends and enthusiastic fans so far they have early confirmation of such creators as Caden Phoenix, Rafael Navarro, Crystal Gonzalez, Lalo Acaras, and dun, dun, dun. the Comadres y Comics podcast. <laughs> Woo! Hells yes. Yeah. We are all making a big return in addition to, and I'm excited about this because I love talking to him. And this time I think I'm going to buy some art. I'm going to hang it right front and center in my um, living room, homies creator David Gonzalez. So, oh, wow. In case you don't uh, remember, in your local uh, grocery store, there used to be little homies that you could buy for like a dollar, four quarters, maybe even 50 cents. I don't remember. They were a quarter. Were the they a quarter? One. So, uh -huh. yeah. So, um, the creator of that um, is David Gonzalez, and he was at the one in Modesto that yes. we went to. Mm -hmm. And he was a super nice guy, and he has such a big following his yeah. table was yeah. like packed the whole time the whole time and i think he started packing to leave early because he was out of stuff yeah to sell. he sold out of all his stuff so i actually saw a lot of stuff there that i thought was cool and i like his story he literally just was an artist who started drawing his friends that mm -hmm. was all it was and so um he actually came out with a comic book a couple of years ago as well um based on it and um i read a couple of the issues and then we stopped getting them but they were actually um cute and i was interested but he's going to be there so that's back in long beach we went from long beach to Modesto, and now back, back to, to Long, Long Beach. Beach. <laughs> so um, that's fine with me. Long Beach is a lot closer. So. <laughs> and um, if you don't remember, this is the uh, convention that is um, was founded by our friend Javier Hernandez. And um, oh, and he also has a co-founder, which I always forget his name, and now I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, oops, I know. Sorry, friend, but you're just as important, even though I don't remember <laughs> your name. <laughs> so, yes, uh, La Latino Comic um, Comics Expo is coming in October. All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, where can they find us, girls? You can find us at ComasiComics.com. Yes, that's right. We have a website. Go on and check out our fancy website. Look at our cute pictures and learn more about us individually as well. And then you can find all of the links to our social media and all the places and platforms that you can listen to our podcast. Yeah, remember yeah. to subscribe and like to our ch uh, YouTube channel. We have a lot of great content, a lot of wonderful interviews. Um, we also have a Patreon. Yes, you can find our Patreon that is a joint Patreon with the rest of our um, period podcast network 
podcast sisters uh, at patreon.com backslash or front slash some slash <laughs> period <laughs> podcast network or you can just do a search for period podcast network on Patreon and you get all kinds of cool stuff and if you think that our podcast is funny just wait till you listen to the things that we talk about when we think we're not being recorded yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much and like there's multiple levels of the patreon you can get um uh you can get a newsletter where you can read my terrible poetry you can get um uh, extra digital content from not just our uh podcast but other podcasts that are on the network as well and you can maybe discover a new podcast yeah that uh will capture your interest absolutely well thank you guys for listening we have been your hosts i'm sarah i'm Kristen, and i'm jen bye guys bye, bye.